Thank you. Um, all right, go ahead in your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. That is where we're going to be for the summer. And so if you have been to our Bible studies, we've starting to kind of dip our toe into the book itself. And so we're actually starting in a unique spot tonight. We're actually going to be starting at verse 15 to the end of the chapter. And so um, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Uh, It's okay to use your table of contents, by the way, if you're not there, um, but I would like for you all to have an actual hard copy. So if you don't have a hard copy Bible, raise your hand and Hayden will make sure that you get one of those. So just keep your hand raised and he'll run it over to you. If I remember right, Ephesians is on 1036 on the hard brown back or black. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's why I'm called to ministry right here this very moment telling people what page to turn to. That's it. So the way that I remember finding Ephesians uh, in the New Testament is I remember, go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And that helps me kind of know where I'm at in the Bible, and I can just remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, go eat popcorn. So it's after Galatians. Popcorn's wonderful. Yep. So anyway, that's what you said. Popcorn's wonderful. That's also why I'm in ministry is because I just say whatever the heck I want to. (laughs) Popcorn is one word. I don't know. Go eat potato chips. There it is. That works, right? Huh? All right. Amen. Here we go. Amen. All right. So before we dive into um, our passage today, I want to kind of give us our landing point, the main idea for tonight. And the main idea is this, that followers of Jesus need the help of the Holy Spirit to grasp the greatness of God, the supremacy of Christ, and the rich benefits of the gospel. Now, like I said, we're jumping into like the last half of chapter one in the book of Ephesians, and we're in week one, so it's kind of odd that we're doing this. I'm going to catch us up briefly, but ultimately, I think I want you guys to read Uh, The fullness of chapter one, sometime like tonight or soon, it doesn't take very long at all, but the first 14 verses, Paul gives a wonderful picture, beautiful explanation of the gospel, and it's a great passage, and I felt conflicted even, kind of like skipping over it, but the reality is like I got to read it for myself, and it was so good, and I want you guys to read it for yourself in Paul's explanation of the gospel. And so don't breeze over it just because it's not saying that it's not important. It's that we, um, just as a group, we have only so many weeks together. This is, it's really odd that we're at the end of June and we're having our first youth group of the summer. Just the way that the calendar kind of panned out, we didn't have as many Sundays as we would have liked to be in the book of Ephesians. And so it's a wonderful explanation of the gospel. And I want you guys to read it and take it in for yourselves. Um, But as we jump into this, I want to read over verses 15 through 23. We're going to pray, and then uh, we'll jump in. Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 23, it says this. This is why, again, we just got out of a beautiful explanation of the gospel. So, the gospel, this is why. 
since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the mighty working of his strength. He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for tonight, Lord, for the chance to gather together among brothers and sisters and to just be around each other. God is such a gift. And so, Lord, as we open up your word, I pray that your truth would resonate deeply in our hearts. God, that as we sit under your word, God, that you would soften our hearts, Lord, to be receptive of what you have for us. I pray that the power of the gospel would just be transformative in our lives, God. We ask this in, in your name. Amen. So, like I mentioned before, um, our main idea, the big point for tonight, we as in followers of Jesus need help. We need help. And we try to do life on our own, and that only gets us in trouble when we try to do life on our own. When I was little, my mom took me and my brother to swimming lessons, and I was probably less than five years old. My brother's a few years older than me, and my mom was helping me with swimming lessons as the swim instructor was helping my brother. So the swim instructor and my mom were both in the water. My mom was just mirroring what the swim instructor was doing to my brother and doing it for me so that we could both learn how to swim together. And so my mom was helping me, um, and my brother was being super compliant and a great listener Things were going swell for him. He was actually listening to the instructor, being a good student. Me, on the other hand, all about four years old, um, I was all aboard the struggle bus. I wasn't really listening. I wasn't doing that great. I was just kind of splashing, making a fuss or whatever. And the contrast between my brother being so calm, collected, listening, things are actually working for him. And then you have me struggling because I wasn't ready to receive the help that my mom was like giving me. And my mom would gladly tell you the story is that she would, I would be like in her care and in her like grasp and I would be yelling, let me go, I can swim, let me go, I can swim. To the point that the swim instructor just said, maybe a gulp of water will do him some good. And so my mom in her love lets me go. She lets me go, and all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, bubbles start coming out of the water, and then she finally pulls me out, and my mom didn't really have to think hard about it, but she just let me go, because I did not want, and I wasn't ready to even receive her help. 
And I was so naive into thinking that I could do it all on my own. And yeah, I was four. Um, but this has literally been something that I've struggled with my entire life. Not swimming, still not great. But the reality is, is that I struggle in asking for help. That's really hard for me. Um, I want to be the helper. And I struggle in asking for help. I don't want to be a burden on people. And sometimes I feel like a burden whenever I'm just asking for help. Or someone even can offer to help me. And I feel like a burden in agreeing to them helping me. And this is something that like, I've literally spent counseling sessions on, just trying to get to the root of like, why is it so difficult for me to actually receive help? Why can't I do that? And we're going to discover today that prayer, prayer is going to confront us with the harsh reality that you and I, in our pursuit of following Jesus better and more closely, that we need help. And that help comes from the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, not only has a beautiful understanding and desire for brothers and sisters to grasp and take hold of the gospel, but Paul gives us a clear example of how to pray. And so today is going to get pretty practical on what are some prayers that we see in Paul that we don't really see in our own prayers. So what do we see in Paul's prayers that we may not see in our own? The first, if you're taking notes, we may see prayers of giving thanks to God. We find this in verses 15 through 16. Prayers that give thanks to God. There are so many reasons to give thanks to God. Here, Paul gives thanks to God for the people of God. He's thanking God. God, thank you for brothers and sisters, fellow saints, Specifically, Paul is getting to the faith in Jesus and the love for other believers. And this is gracious of God that other believers would carry faith and love with them. And Paul is praying in a way that he is exemplifying and expressing thankfulness to God for that reality. That there are brothers and sisters who carry faith and love with them. was something that Paul desperately needed. So asking you, what, what are you thankful for? And this isn't just like a thankfulness talk, but, but I think if we were to sit and actually consider the things that you and I should be thankful for, there's actually more that we ought to be thankful for than we actually give airtime to. Are you into a sport or hobby? I thank God for that. Thank God that you have the ability and the passion to play that sport or do that activity or play that instrument. Like, thank God for that. On cold nights this winter, I would try, I would lay down with our youngest and I would try to help her to go to sleep and I would try to lull her to sleep through praying. <laughs> uh, not the best parenting advice probably. Um, but I was, I was praying, I was trying to pray like, like pray like soothing prayers like, God, thank you for a warm house on a cold night. God, thank you for my mattress, that I can allow my body to heal after a big day. 
And I, but it, it like allowed my heart though to like exercise a heart of thankfulness. And I would just go through the list try, and I would thank God for all of these things, just waiting for my daughter to go to sleep. But I was like, God, thank you for our dopey dog T-Rex. What a fun dog he is. You know, and it was like, man, it really allowed my heart though to really just consider for a moment, what should I be thankful for that God has provided? And not only that, but what are you thankful for about God? God, thank you that you're knowable. God, that we can even know you as a gift. God, thank you that you're just available. God, thank you for your nearness. I mean, what are you thankful for about God? And this is something that we see in Paul's prayers is that he's thankful for the people of God. He's thankful for God. And I think it would be such a great practice for us if we actually just stopped and considered, what are you thankful for about God? And pray towards that end. Pray that to God. God, thank you that you're a God that listens. We see it all throughout the Psalms. There's so many ways to pray to God. And we see a great example of this in Paul's prayer. It would be a great practice for us to pause and consider what you're thankful for about God and in general. Secondly, the things that we may see in Paul's prayers that we don't see in our own, prayers of intercession. Prayers of intercession. And we see this in the last half of verses of verse 16. Paul is showing us something important and crucial when it comes to prayer. Paul is remembering others in his prayer. Oftentimes, the only person I intercede for in my prayers is myself, right? Like the only person I'm really praying for or really care about or really care to know what's going on is really just what, what is happening in my life. But Paul doesn't exemplify that at all. Like Paul's letter, we know, is written from where? Where is Paul writing from? He's writing from prison, and he's not really praying about his circumstances at all. Like, man, I just wish I'd just get out of here so I can just be with you guys. He's, he's not praying about his circumstances at all. But he's interceding for other people. He's praying for others. He's remembering others in his prayers. I was just at my neighbor's house the other day, and they have a chalkboard wall. And it was a great drawing space for their daughter. Their daughter's just really short, so she only needs this much drawing space, and up on the eye level of the chalkboard wall was an actual prayer list that this family is praying for, of people in their life that they need to remember in their prayers, and I thought that was such an easy way to just remember people of who I can be praying for, and this was someone in our church family, and the people on that list were like people in our church family, and it was like, goodness, it was a great reminder for me, they're like, gosh, I should be praying for them, like, what a great reminder for us to remember others in our prayers. What would it look like for you and I to remember others in our prayers? This was something that is a great practice. I don't do it nearly enough. I would sit with a blank sheet of paper and a pen, and I would just consider and just think for a moment in an unhurried time and space with God, who should I be praying for? And just jot their names down. Who should I be praying for? There's no time limit. There's no magic number. It was just consider who should I be praying for? 
people that may come to your mind are, are family members, just people in your life, people that you may work with or on the same team as, people that don't know the Lord, that we could be praying, God, we do pray for their salvation, that they would come to know you. Remember others in our prayers. Next, prayers that we may see in Paul's prayer that we don't see in our own, and this one's so huge. It's prayers of a better understanding of Christ. What a great thing to pray for. Paul's asking God to give them, brothers and sisters, spiritual eyes to see who God is and what God has done for them. And Paul is asking that the scriptures would illuminate truth to them, that the Holy Spirit would bring about understanding. And we desperately need the Holy Spirit to understand scripture and to grow in knowledge of who Jesus is. Because the reality is, is that we can't understand scripture on our own. There are days that I read it and I don't understand what's happening. There are moments before I even open the Bible though and I pray, God, would you give me understanding for what I'm about to read? And that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I become a Greek scholar or just fluent in Hebrew, but the reality is, is that God brings to light things that I wouldn't have thought ordinarily. That God illuminates the truth to our eyes through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, would you give me understanding for what I'm about to read? Whenever we welcome the Holy Spirit into our readings, there's so much happening there. When we actually allow the Holy Spirit to come into our readings and the time that we have just set aside with the Lord, we are seeking a heart of humility and teachability. And if you want to kill pride in your life, seek help from God and from others. If we're honest, this prayer to have a better understanding of Christ seems simple, like overly simple. But can, can it get any better than this, though? Like to pray a prayer that you would just understand and, and grow in knowledge of Christ. A prayer to know God better is a wonderful prayer because God never runs out. You'll never pray that prayer too much. And it's not like God will answer you for a couple years and then one day say, you know, you keep asking for more of me. And I think I'm to the point where like, I'm all out. There's nothing else for you to discover about me. Like there's always more of God. And that is wonderful news for us that there is always more of God for us and it is ours for the taking. God will never have a finish line when it comes to knowing him discovering more of Christ, and this is such great news. Next, <clears throat> something else that we may see in, our, in Paul's prayer that we don't see in our own is prayers of adoration. Verse 19, Paul gives us a wonderful example of what it looks like to pray a prayer of adoration. Just bragging on God for being God. What ways <clears throat> do you love to brag on God? Like Paul says in verse 19, that immeasurably great in power towards those who believe. That may not be what first comes to your mind, that God, you're immeasurably great in power, but 
God is so above any words we could conjure up to describe him. And sometimes I don't really know the words to say, but I've really just come to acknowledge and love to repeat back to God, God, you're so good to us. And I pray that with my family all the time, that God, you're so good to us. And anything in our life with my family, like we haven't had an easy road in life. There's been a lot of things in life that have not been good, but it's something that we can know and rest assured that God, he has been so, so good to us. He's so good. And sometimes whenever I'm praying that, I have to pause and allow my heart to catch up to that truth. That I know what to say, God, you're so good to us. And then I just sit in that truth and I think of the ways that God is so good because sometimes I don't really believe it at the moment. So pray prayers of adoration. Just brag on God for being God. Brag on him whenever the, like, God, you're just showing off with this sunset. Like, this is wonderful and it's beautiful. God, you are so good to us. Pray a prayer of adoration. Lastly, something we may see in Paul's prayers that we don't see in our own is prayers of praise for Jesus. We see this in verses 20 through 23. Whenever we pray, do we remember Jesus? Do we consider the life he lived? His willing death that was sufficient for you and me. Do we remember Jesus' crucifixion, his resurrection, Jesus' supremacy, like he's ruling and reigning now over everything. In Jesus' headship to the church, he's the groom. Do we remember Jesus in our prayers? Do we praise God for the gift of Jesus? Again, to revisit our big idea, followers of Jesus, we need the help of the Holy Spirit to grasp the greatness of God, the supremacy of Christ, and the rich benefits of the gospel. So, the way that we get help from the Holy Spirit to grasp the greatness of God, the supremacy of Christ, and the rich benefits of the gospel, it's not to read a thick book with a bunch of foreign language in it. It's not to sit in seminars. It's through time with God in prayer. This is what we see in scripture as important, as life-giving, as a necessary part of our walk with the Lord. And something that I've come to realize over my years of being a follower of Jesus is that prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. And I've actually prayed prayers that, God, would you physically change the circumstances that are happening? And oftentimes, God doesn't answer that prayer. Sometimes he does. But oftentimes, the thing that ends up changing when it comes to prayer is my heart, not my circumstances. Prayer changes things, and oftentimes it is you that changes. Prayer changes things. The way that we're going to kind of go about doing this tonight is that we're going to be dismissed to our D groups and you're just going to be with um, our interns tonight. 
and you're each going to get a sheet of paper, and it's going to be a guided prayer. The only thing that we're literally not doing for you is praying. Like we're giving you the things to pray for, giving you prompts to kind of allow your heart to kind of go through a guided prayer of praying for these things, that we pray a prayer, thanking God, allowing your heart to have a thankfulness, that we pray prayers of intercession, that we actually pray for greater knowledge of Christ, that we praise him for that we praise God for Jesus. This is something that I don't want us to rush through, but allow the unhurried time to just allow your heart and your mind to go through this guided prayer. And some of you, this may be no problem, uh, willing to, to try this out. And for the person here that isn't comfortable praying, I, I would encourage you and just ask, would you just take us up on this? Would you just take us up on praying to a God that loves you and spend time in his presence, just sitting, sit with him. He's there and he's near and he's ready to meet with you. And so I also want to issue like a sub challenge, not only through the guided prayer and to like go through that, but I'm going to ask that you do this without your phone. You won't need it, and if anything, it's going to distract you from what we're actually trying to accomplish. I have to do this for myself at home, too, because when my phone is right next to me, it silently shouts my name, and I don't need that when it comes to my time with the Lord. And so I make it a practice to actually not have my phone by me when I am spending time with the Lord, because my phone, though it's not doing anything, it is silently shouting my name. And I know you know what that feels like. So I would ask that you do this and do it to not be a distraction to others, that you don't allow yourself to be distracted by your device. But um, yeah, that's what we have for you tonight. Before we go into the guided prayer section, um, we have a team leaving for Uganda tomorrow. And um, small team, but Erica and Corey are going to be going on that trip, along with others, Becky, um, Shelby Morris, Ben Wagner, who? Emily Lapp. Um, is there anyone else? That's it. So we're going to be um, praying for them as they go. They're going to be gone for over a week, I think 10 days. Is that right, Erica? Yeah, 10 days. Um, so I wanted to take a moment and pray for those that are going to be going to Uganda. Um, it's a fresh, like a new partnership that we've um, tagged up with, and we're excited for that, to, that partnership to grow and eventually lead to uh, a student trip to be going to Uganda in the years to come. So let me pray for our team going to Uganda and then allow you guys to go into your D groups for um, time of guided prayer. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word that you give us as uh, su such a great example of so many things and so many ways to, to live and to think and to be. Lord, I thank you for those that have responded to the call to go to Uganda. I pray, Lord, that you would be with them even now 
as they're gearing up for the trip. Lord, I pray for all the details that are just hanging out in the air, Lord, that those would be ironed out and that those would go smoothly. Pray for their travels, Lord, that they would um, be smooth travels and that they themselves as a team would be rested. And Lord, it's easy to allow um, distractions when it comes to leading in a ministry and for things that are happening back here at home. And so, Lord, I pray for the team members that they would be able to be fully present where they are. Lord, we thank you for our partnership with Sins 56, and I pray that you would burden our hearts, Lord, to continue to pray for this team as they're away. God, I thank you for their willingness. I thank you for your faithfulness, God, and I pray that you would do above and beyond we could hope, dream, or imagine in Uganda, in Africa, and beyond, Lord. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.